Welcome back to the Daily Dose of Dopamine podcast. It's Emmy, Danny, and Sid, and we are so glad to have you guys back with us. The month of November has been full of bomb guests, and as we're starting to wrap up our first season, we are excited to talk a bit about the holidays with a wellness lens. We all know Christmas is around the corner, so we want to make sure we edify you before you head into this break. That's right. So today, we have two amazing therapists here with us from Amethyst Counseling a new virtual private counseling practice founded in 2019, and we are so excited to spotlight them. Welcome to the Daily Dose of Dopamine podcast, Maya Pittman and Greg Pate. Raleigh! Hey, hey! Raleigh, you So a little bit about our guests. Maya Pittman is a North Carolina-based, licensed, and nationally certified psychotherapist. And just to let y'all know, we like to gas our guests up. So we're going to just... We gonna I was like, that's high, high squad right here. High squad. We're going to gas you up. So Maya's from North Carolina, the best state ever. Um, licensed, nationally certified psychotherapist and wellness entrepreneur. Uh, from her studies of psychology at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, mm-hmm. to mastering in clinical mental health counseling at the George Washington University in Washington, D.C., Maya then returned to North Carolina to continue her service as a counselor and later do some work at East Carolina University. Uh, she's the owner and lead therapist of Amethyst Counseling Services, which they founded in 2019. So she's not just doing it with the babies. She's also doing this, trying to reach as many people as possible through this practice of Amethyst Counseling. Uh, she enjoys writing, perform- performing spoken word, travel, friends, family, food. She's a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha. Shout out to you ladies. For some reason, y'all just keep showing up with me. Um, and other community organizations. She is married to Jared Pittman, who is an amazing Black king, who is the owner of Law Office of Jared M. Pittman. So there's just okay. Black excellence oozing right. out of, out of that microphone. All right now. Come on. That was just, good. That was thank good. you, Emmy. I appreciate you, sister. She's about to bring the heat. And of course, Greg, with on, over a, a decade of clinical experience, uh, Gregory Pate believes that our inner work begins with gaining a keen awareness of our past. So he's going to mm-hmm. make you dig deep. Uh, it is in the past that we hold the core of our physical, mental, and emotional experiences. And Greg's mission is to support his clients in understanding who they were and guiding them on a journey to who they strive to become. Mm. I love that. He provides individual therapy, counseling services to adolescents, adults, families, and couples. And as a culturally competent counselor, which for all of our listeners, you heard us talk about that a couple of weeks back. Yes. He serves all people, regardless of race, race, ethnicity, socioeconomic status, gender, sexual orientation. He's here to help everybody. Uh, an environment rooted in safety, mutual respect, and open communication. He looks forward to creating working relationships aimed at healing both body and mind. So we gonna just they I can I can feel that it's just they about to pour. They about to pour. <laughs> My cup is over. <laughs> I'm ready to receive. I got my cup ready. Give it to me. I love I'm ready it. to receive. <laughs> okay. And so welcome Maya 
And Greg, again, we're so excited to have you here. Yeah, I think we just we should just dive right in. Let's dive in. Hold on, right hold in. on, hold on. Go, 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 go ahead, go uh, ahead. What you got? Hold on, Greg. Did it? Did it? You used to be a counselor at Howard University. I did. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Used to. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, was, I was a therapist at Howard University, but I am a graduate of Dean North Carolina Central University. Oh, okay. Okay. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to. You we could well, yeah. HBCU so. back and forth. But we I could, like we could, just, we could. We'll just but, start the episode. But see, okay. you're right. Howard gave me my first real job, so shout you out to me? HBCU Pride. I, and I, I'm in that same place right now at Hampton, so I totally understand it. Shout out to the HBCUs given opportunity. That's the start, right? Yeah. yeah so All right, now we can now we can hop in. Let's do this. So Maya, Greg, we'd love to start out with, and either you can go first, y'all can pick. Um, what even made you become therapists? Like why mm-hmm. get into this line of work? It's a heavy time. Right now. Well, yeah, you know, I I it's so interesting because a lot of times your purpose is kind of laced in your identity and who you just naturally are, right? You're kind of drawn to that. And so I'll never forget, I had a psychology course in high school, shout out to Southeast Raleigh High School. Um, And I was just hooked. I was hooked with the mind. I was hooked with people and just understanding, you know, what makes people do the things that they do, right? Um, Paired with the idea and the notion that I think people are inherently good, you know, but we have many things that impact that goodness and kind of push us to these, um, you know, these areas of the spectrum, if you will. So from there, I I knew that, um, committed to psychology as a major at UNC Chapel Hill, loved it, but wasn't too keen on the research side. I wanted that direct people-to-people contact. Mm-hmm. And so that led me to counseling. Um, and then experiencing grief at a young age myself with the loss of my mother, you begin to really feel the impact that people have on people, right? And support systems and resources. And so it just drew me even further into the field. And I just haven't looked back since. And so for me, this is a, a, a purpose place of people helping people, which I think is our greatest resource. Mm. Mm. I love it. Yeah. And for me, uh, I've just, similar to what Maya mentioned, I've always been a very social person and just gravitated towards people. And throughout my tenure at North Carolina Central, I took a black psychology course and I was just, it was like an elective talk by Dr. Livingston and I was just like still trying to figure out what I wanted to do and not really sure exactly what route I wanted to take but that black psychology course was just so um it just shifted my mind in so many different ways and I just gravitated towards that so I took more psychology courses and I was just I wanted to take my um coursework and kind of pair it with the lifestyle that I was living so it felt natural so in like internships and volunteering in the psychology department at different programs, like I just like really gravitated towards it more and more. And then it got to a place where people would just ask me for advice all the time. And I'm thinking like, okay, this is, I'm not sure what this is meaning, but I'm liking this. I'm liking the social part. I love to talk. I love to connect with people. So why not try to combine all of those different facets and bring them together and make it a career? And one thing that reminds me that I'm in the right space and I'm in the right career is that it's still to this day, as as we mentioned, I've been practicing for over 10 years and it still does not feel like a job. Mm-hmm. So that reassurance for me 
it's just kind of what continues to remind me that I'm in the right place and that I made the right decisions in regards to my career. So it's, yeah, like, it just seems like it's not work. And I still, to this day, 10 years later, I love it. And I, like Maya said, I haven't turned back yet. So I guess it was the right decision. What a blessing, to be honest. I mean, you don't really hear people align themselves with their true passion every day. Mm. Um, so it's a joy to hear that you love it. And that's how you're really helping people. Because you can't really help folks if your heart is not really, really in it. If your intentions are yeah. in the right um, and so hearing y'all's testimonies basically just really um, moves me and, and makes me want to know what inspired you all to start Amethyst Counseling and why Amethyst. Mm. Yeah. So for me, Amethyst, oh, gosh, it's so crazy how everything starts with a vision. Right. And, and as therapists, I think Greg and I laugh a lot because it's like we are hearing the things that we're sharing and guiding our clients towards. And then we're like you know, taking that stuff back in and through and applying it to our own lives as well. And so Amethyst started out of, honestly, a vision for me on how I wanted my personal life to look. You know, mm. it, was a, it was a matter of how do I want to live and let me build my professional life around that. And so I was led to the concept of tele-mental health counseling, um, which is completely, we operate on a completely digital platform. It's um, HIPAA compliant, which means it's completely confidential and private because one of the things as a black clinician, especially is you get these calls from your network constantly. Hey, do you know a black therapist? Hey, do you know a black therapist? Mm -hmm. And these calls are coming in from all over the country. And I almost cringed every time there was a moment where it was like, well, no, you know, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't. So it's like, yo, if I have a home girl or someone who knows someone in Charlotte or knows someone in Asheville or knows someone in all these places, why can't I not serve them, right? And so that's where that digital divide came in. I want to be able to be anywhere in the world and give people this medicine, mm-hmm. right? So that's where the digital aspect came in. And then private practice, I think it provides a flexibility and a personal freedom for my life. Um, mm-hmm. that said, you know what, it's time to do this, right? No bounds. Let's make sure I can establish something that reaches as many people as possible. And so Greg, we've been best friends for over, I don't even know, 14, 15 uh, years old. We met at gym yeah. class in high school and Greg would always, he was at Durham at Central and I was at in uh, UNC at Chapel Hill. And he would always say, yo, we should go on private practice together one day. Yo, we should go on private practice. So I start this practice. Greg's coming over to kick it, to visit. And he's like, look, I'm realizing like I'm about to seek out and join these other Mm -hmm. digital platforms when my best friend has her own business. What's good? And I was like, no brainer. (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. In about five minutes, we got set up. And that's where Amethyst Counseling started. And a year later, our caseloads are full. We've serviced people, especially through Mm -hmm. COVID. I mean, God couldn't have constructed a better time for this to happen because it happened right before COVID hit. And if you can imagine how people feel not being able to get to their therapist during a pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. It was, I mean, it was mind blowing how it all worked out. Um, So that's my, my, my her side, Greg. (laughs) Um, You know, I don't know what that was like for you. (laughs) I, I mean, I think you summed it up perfectly. Um, for me, I guess I just bring in my part, I guess. Um, I was, I'm working in the DMV area and, you know, like everybody in DC, you have your government job and I'm working in my field, but 
I just wasn't really doing the work that I wanted to do. I was a therapist supervisor, I still am, but I'm like, I want to be able to reach my people. And I, and I wanted more money. I'm thinking like, this is good money, but you can always be doing more. Like you can always commit to more. So I, it was one day I was just online, like, okay, I, I can start my private practice. And again, as Maya mentioned, we said years and years and years ago, we're like, we don't know when, we don't know how, but we're going to all, we're going to come back together and we're going to work together. We don't know what this is going to look like, but we've been committed to that for, since I can remember. So I'm online and I'm looking up these different practices, these private practices and looking up these um, costs to get a building. And if you know the DC area, you renting a building is a lot of money. And I'm like, okay, I need another idea. So I go back and then I'm looking at the virtual practice. And as Maya said, prior to COVID, virtual practice wasn't that big. It wasn't this whole Zoom thing. This like That wasn't really a thing. It was very, very new. So I'm like, well, I heard a little bit about it. Let me see what this teletherapy is looking like. And then out of nowhere... I was like, as Maya mentioned, I'm like, Maya has a teletherapy practice. I was like, I know she mentioned it. I think she's doing a little bit, but let me just see. Right. So I hit her up and she was like, duh. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it's crazy. I'm about to pay these people X amount of dollars a month. But my best friend has the same service that is literally aligning with everything that I align with. Like, why would I not go here? Like, it was like, God just said, yo, hit Maya up. And we talked almost like we, we literally talk at least once a week, but that had never come up or it hadn't come up in a while. So we talked and like she said, in five minutes, it was like that. And a year later, caseloads are full. Like it's been more than a blessing. So that's my side of it. So that's how we're here. Yeah. And here is Amethyst. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's definitely a blessing. We were just speaking with uh, Dr. Norton on the last episode um, and one thing that I, I don't know if you all are doing this, but because of this pandemic across state lines now, like it kind of has opened up the ability to practice across state lines, which before that wasn't really a thing. So now mm-hmm. you have like these temporary licenses. So it's like my, you mentioned being anywhere in the world and being able to offer this medicine to people. And now like realistically, even if it's for short term, you can offer services to maybe someone in California or New York or Mississippi, Michigan, wherever. So um, that's excellent. I'm so proud of you. Mm -hmm. And I think back about like, you know, um, the four of us, we went to high school together. I remember, you know, you guys, Uh and I never would have thought like, Wow, these two are going to be therapists one day. You know, we clown around and stuff. And, All the time. You know, and, basketball and basketball practice and stuff like that. We clowning, but it's like, these two Negroes are whole therapists in private <laughs> practice together. Like, this is crazy. I mean, it's not far-fetched because y'all are both bomb, but, like, it's just so cool to see it come to fruition like that. Like, Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we, also Definitely. Talked, we also talked a little bit last week about um, – cultural competency and the scarcity of like black therapists but the truth is that we do exist mm. out there um so i'm interested to know like now that you're in this private practice together what is next for amethyst counseling greg <laughs> she gave you this well, yeah, well and, and here's the thing <laughs> I, you like know, I want to see amethyst nationwide mm. you know i want to see um, anyone in, like you said, anyone, anywhere being able to have access to a black counselor, because I think what else is important to note here is just, is just because you're black doesn't make me the therapist for you. 
just because Greg is a black man doesn't make him the therapist mm-hmm. for all black men. And I think we have to get that. You know, I assist with people finding and recognizing that entering counseling and therapy is a relationship. This is a therapeutic relationship. You may enter a relationship with someone for years and that has all the impact on the work that you all do together. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like the more options, because that's, that's what it's about. It's about options, right? The more options I can provide or you know, assist in providing people with the better. I've been at East Carolina University for... Gosh, I'm going into my, this is my sixth year. I'm going into my seventh year. And for the Mm -hmm. first six years, I was the only black female clinician. And it it wasn't so much that I was the only black female clinician. It was the fact that you've got your largest growing group of, of, you know, sector of student black women who don't have options. It's me or nothing. Mm. And, And that, that, that doesn't sit right with me from, an ethical standpoint, you know, uh, clinically, I just think that that's wrong. And so expanding amethyst in that way, and then branching out and providing the psychoeducational piece, because I think the other thing to highlight is just because, you know, therapy is getting trendy. I mean, I think we can be, we can be honest with that. (laughs) It's getting a little trendy, which is great, but it's not necessarily for everyone. Some people can be so much better served through other mechanisms involving psychoeducation or, you know, self-run online courses. And so being able to expand the options for people to address and take full ownership of their own mental health is where Amethyst is going. I love that so much. And I'll, and I'll add to that, um, just speaking about the working relationship with Maya, um, one thing that I love about working with her is how she motivates me to push and to go into different directions to be able to expand. And I don't doubt, like, she's a great therapist. I'm a great therapist. We all know that, but it's, she really pushes me to like, let's try this. Let's try this. And we all know Maya. Maya is a creative, like at, at the, at the, at, at key at heart and her soul, she's a creative. And she always comes to me with these ideas and we're like, and we gel so well that it just bounces like this. And then we come up with this stuff in minutes so that's one thing that I really, really appreciate when we think about expansion. And then not only that, just the um, autonomy to, um, yes, she's the owner, but she pushes me to have my own platform. And as she has gemstones and she'll bring me on and then have me as a guest, but there's also the Live with G, which is like a psycho ed type database that I have that talks about expansion, talks about, it pretty much provides psycho ed about the different areas of therapy. Because again, it can be trendy and it's getting trendy, but you do, I do have that space to be able to fight a lot of different stigmas that um, are surrounded by mental health, talk about some of the um, things that people kind of think about, things that people struggle with, and a lot of the questions that I get from people. Because as you know, um, Sid, you're a therapist. I'm sure you get a lot of different questions and DMs about how do I find a therapist? My boyfriend cheating on me. What do I need to do? Or me and my friend beefing. Like, we get all these different questions. I use one of your uh, <laughs> explanations with my clients. Real talk about anxiety. Like, you explain anxiety as when you texting somebody. Yeah. Three dots, like, that dot, 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 that feeling that you feel, that's anxiety. Like, I was like... Let me let me break anxiety down. I use that. Right. So, like, I'll be tapped in. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, Yo, I, I, I see you. And I try to shout everybody out. I get distracted <laughs> you know, by the shout. I get I'm so strong. I get distracted by that. I, I think you got a highlight too, right? 
If trendy will bring people mm-hmm. who've never been to counseling and need healing to it, I'll take it. I'll take the trend. Yeah, so, you know, I, I just want to make it clear that the trend has opened doors, but in that same mm-hmm. vein, there's a readiness required for counseling because it's, it's, it's a real thing. You know, it's, it's a real mm-hmm. uh, commitment and endeavor that one goes on that is not always met with feelings of, you know, namaste and okay, I feel good now. Like it's, it's right. working. Uh-huh. And so just, you mm-hmm. know, again, not knocking the trend, but it is getting a little trendy though. Mm-hmm. It, it, is, it is certainly becoming like, now you're cool if you're in therapy. Yeah, right, you, go on a, right. you go on a date with somebody mm. and they right. sit down and say, you know, me and my therapist, you know. Just the 15 minute trial. <laughs> ain't even done a whole, did a 15, 30 minute trial. To see exactly. if it's a consulta- a consultation and ain't went Talk- back. Ain't said, no, my therapist. No, it ain't. Not their work outside of their conversation either. Right. The same Bingo. bad behavior. My favorite is the self-diagnosis. Like, oh my god, I have such bad anxiety. Oh hey, man, <laughs> do you really? <laughs> do you and really? There, you know, and there's there's danger so dramatic, but there's danger in that, right? Mm-hmm. Because now we can diminish the the power of these of these words and and the real the seriousness of some of these experiences mental health experiences that people have and so i think that's another part of the trend mm. right just the recognition that um hey this is some real stuff you know it's just like you know we're entering the season of um seasonal affective disorder and it's it's more than winter blues you know yeah. but 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 when we mm-hmm. tr- when we trend something when we you know make something fad like mm-hmm. it then gets thrown into this pot of normalcy that i think we have to like really be careful about absolutely on the flip side, mm-hmm. i think people like automatically jump to pathologize something like yeah mm-hmm. you know it's normal to feel sad sometimes like your mm-hmm. sadness doesn't automatically mean you're depressed and i'm just like cut it out like go see a therapist for real pass just your your consultation call and don't yeah. diagnose yourself. <laughs> right. Just be sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's we could go down the deepest rabbit hole about how this is trending, but I do want to pivot us a bit and talk about this period of holidays. Mm-hmm. Maya, you just brought up like this idea of like the like the winter. It, it can be difficult, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, to be frank, between like Halloween and New Year's. Like there's a lot that goes on for a lot of people. Um, and yeah. then you like, and there's COVID too. And so I want, I want to hear from you guys a little bit. You know, we know the holidays for many can be a rough time from your experiences as therapists, clinicians, you know, what generally comes to light for you? Like, why is that? This is such a hard time that leads people to need support. And then we're going to, we're going to dovetail around to what are some of the strategies, but we first want to hear from you. Like, what are some of the roots? Like, what are some of the the things that come up from folks during this period of time? Um, making sure that we can kind of tap into what some, a lot of our people might be experiencing, feeling, having gone through, because the holidays can be really joyous, but they can also be really difficult. Yeah. Mm. So true. I think I'll, I'll go ahead. I think one thing that I'm noticing is, um, 
in regards to the holidays, a lot of my male clients are really struggling with the realization that holidays bring. And, and, I, and the reason why I say realization is it forces, these holidays forces you to be in these spaces with your family. And then it gives you a clear depiction of who's here and who's no longer here with us. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I can't, I can't mask it with work. I can't mask it with these other things that are going on. Like I'm here at the dinner table with my family and my grandmother isn't here with us. And I can't really ignore that because she's literally like, there's a missing seat here at the table. So those things are some things that I hear often with my clients. And even with the new year, a lot of my male clients, we, I think men in general, like we have a lot of this um, success fear and this whole, we should be here by this time and we should do this for our families and provide in this arena. And then the new year comes. And a lot of times for us as men, we reflect back on where did we fall short? And that is a reminder, like it's a new year. Did you check off those goals that you had in those new year's resolutions early in the year? And that is a reoccurring thing that I'm showing, I'm seeing in my clients, my male clients specifically. And again, um, just the pressures of the holidays in regards to um, like marriage and commitment. Like I've had some male clients that are struggling with just the holidays and everyone's taking pictures now. And my girl that I've been dating for six, seven, eight years wants to take family pictures and we're not really on that level. And that means she wants to get married. So a lot of the pressures that come with the definites of the holidays is something that a lot of my male clients are struggling with. And I'm starting to see a lot of that within the last few months. So that's something I don't know if people really know or think about often, but that's one thing I'm starting to see more of within the last couple of months. Maya, did you want to add? Yeah. I mean, again, right. We could go (laughs) off about this, but, um, you know, I think if we get to the root for me, I think in terms of biopsychosocial, so what I mean mm-hmm. by that is like, okay, you know, we're taking, if, if you were to picture like a marathon and you know how like at the end when, when people are getting towards that finish line and like people's legs are shaking, it's like, they're mm-hmm. about to die. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're there. <laughs> we're there. Yeah, we're there. there. Everything has, <laughs> we dehydrated. Everything has caved in. The temperature done gone down. Like we're there at the end of the year. And when you think about that biopsychosocial, we're talking about the social impact of the year. We're talking about the environmental impact of the year. And so I think a lot of people don't realize the reason why I, as a clinician, I'm going to ask you about your sleeping habits and your eating habits Mm -hmm. and what you've been doing physically is because um, the climate change and the sheer fact that the days are but so long, those have major impacts on how we begin to feel and we don't even realize it. Right. I mean, we're creatures of routine, uh, so to speak. And so you're talking about moments where people are entering a stage of burnout. They're not getting as much vitamin D as sunlight or sunlight as they once were. You have to recognize that, you know, um, mood disorders and depression. A lot of times those disorders thrive on darkness. You know, you Mm -hmm. hear the, the songs that we hear and the things about like, man, um, but it really gets bad come midnight. Right. And so now we've got more darkness in the day and we don't recognize how much impact that's having on our psychological well-being. And so when you talk about root, I think the recognition that where these worldly environmental shifts come in, 
I too have to be responsible for shifting my body and my world mm-hmm. according to that. And I think yeah. a lot of times we miss that as people, right? We think like, oh, I just keep on going. I just keep on going. The world's changing for a reason. And, you know, I won't get into the political side of it, but when you think about how our lives are designed in terms of work, ain't no break (laughs) for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. I don't care if it gets darker earlier. There's no adjustment for that. You know, I don't care if you've been working, you know, 80, 70 hours all year long just because it's the end of the year. There's no break for a lot of people for that. And so at the root level, I think that's where a lot of the true seasonal affective disorder symptoms derive from that environmental piece. I mean, you couldn't have said it better. Just me being here in New York in my apartment, I'm feeling that I'm a night owl in general. And I'm just even still being so affected by, you know, am I tired? It's 430, you know, what's going on? You know, why do I want to stay in bed? you know, till 12 and then stay up late and then take another nap, you know? So I definitely can relate to that. And I've also talked to my therapist, you know, about that as well. So when we talk about all of these isms and things that affect us, what type of strategies or tools would you recommend to folks who might be struggling mentally during this time with anxiety, loneliness, depression, and especially when we add on the layer of Rona, like what would you, you know, (laughs) advise some of us who are listening who haven't taken that step for therapy yet or who might really be in the thick of their therapy as well? Um, I think for me, I, uh, I, I like how Maya said, like the, the world is shifting, seasons are changing, and that means that you have to shift and change some things within your everyday life and your regimen. And I think um, this, I'm, I'm always an advocate for physical activity. And there are sometimes people tend to gain more weight during the winter because they call it winter weight because we're not outside, not as active. But I think I often tell my clients to be mindful of your diet, be mindful of your sleeping habits, but also try to incorporate more physical activity because again, it gets darker early. And we all know that physical activity helps the serotonin levels and the dopamine levels, no pun intended. It kind mm-hmm. of helps that. And it kind of also your mood. Pun intended. fully intended, by the way. We receive it. <laughs> we receive all that. But yeah, I think the physical activity component is definitely um, one of the components that I push the most. And I think mainly because we tend to kind of slack off during those winter months. But we all know that physical activity is one that heals the mind, body, and the spirit. So I push that a lot. And um, Rona hit heavy in so many different ways. So, of course, obviously been an advocate for mental health and therapy. But I noticed that there are some of my clients that have had like severe declines in their mental health, meaning like their symptoms of light depression have become more severe. So working with their therapist and being transparent about how their moods have shifted and then even being open to the idea of seeing a psychiatrist. Culturally, we don't like to do that. But if you're seeing your therapist and you're like, okay, I'm seeing you weekly and my mood is still declining, there may be a significant clinical clinical imbalance to where you may need some assistance medication-wise. And again, just trying to normalize that experience for my clients has been helpful. It's, I'll be transparent. It's a struggle because, again, we don't really like to take medicines. But once you have that relationship with your therapist and you trust that they're going to guide you in the right way, not being afraid as a provider to mention that and to follow up on that and to incorporate that in your treatment. So those are two things that I really, really push, not only with the season change, but especially with that Rona, like you said. So that's kind yeah. of what I push. Yeah, go ahead. 
I mean, all the things that Greg has said, I mean, really. And when you talk about, you know, medicine, physical activity, all of those things, um, you know, the thing that comes to mind for me is let light in, Mm. right? Let light in. And I think that can have many different meanings. I think we can let literal light in, recognizing the medicine of the sun, right? Vitamin D is something that we're deprived of in this season. And that has a major impact on our mental health. I've worked with um, many of my clients on introducing a happy light into their regimen. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, going to Amazon, looking online for a literal light that mimics the light of the sun that they can turn on to adjust um, to their day when they, you know, they get home and it's dark and it's like, turn that happy light on and let's, let's rearrange what this routine feels like. Um, but also letting light in, in terms of the lights in your life. Right. Mm. So from a social aspect, we have a tendency to isolate and Rona for sure has introduced isolation on a whole nother level, um, to people. And, you know, human beings can get comfortable with dysfunction. We can get comfortable with anything that is presented to us persistently or consistently enough. And so isolation, I think, is one of those things that in this time, especially many people have become, become so comfortable with. And so the, the, the people that bring light to our life is something that we have to be a lot more intentional with, right? Maybe I, maybe I don't have the energy to spend two hours on the phone, but I need to check in, you know, let me, let me uh, let myself and let others in, right? Because that, that's the other thing. I think speaking of me, myself, uh, I grew up an only child. I'm not an only child anymore, but I'm a creature of isolation. If you, if you put me somewhere by myself, you may, you will not see me. (laughs) Right. And so there's an intention that has to come with, all right, let me, let me check on my people. Let me make contact. So I think that's the other piece too, kind of recognizing where are the areas in my life that I'm getting comfortable and assessing whether those areas of comfort, though they feel good, are beneficial for me or not. And, and really making a move and being intentional about doing something about that. Let me tell y'all something. I was, yeah, same. Look, the look, let the light in was really look, special. Let me, me tell you something. Y'all can't see my feet. But my feet are right. <laughs> they were moving. Well, I shout, looked down I, a little. I, I, I was like shouting so underneath. <laughs> <laughs> right. Y'all sit that you you in here preaching like, real good. Uh-huh. On, on this on this here evening, I tell you. And that is Woo. full transparency, uh, Maya and Greg. It's those responses right there that I have been watching on IG Live between Live with G and Gemstones with Maya. That the last gemstones I watched, I texted M and Danny, and I was like, "No, actually, back up." I forwarded them the live, like I sent them the live while it was happening. I was like, "Y'all need to tap into this, like y'all need to listen to this." And then I followed it up with a text and was like, "Hey, yo, we gotta have them on the podcast, like straight up," because it was just Emmy was like, "Yeah, she stayed dropping gems." I was like, "My favorite thing to do when I'm folding clothes is to get on Instagram and see if y'all are doing some dang." Job. Oh man. For real, like, cause I'll be in there folding clothes and just be like, "Oh, today, y'all." Give me not, that. Give not me every that. week when you do some laundry. Yeah. <laughs> look at, looking for the gemstones now. <laughs> because I love that. No, look, I'm gonna that. tell you why. It's mental. Yeah, because laundry is something I hate to do. I hate mm. clothes. Uh huh. So if yeah. I can couple it with something that I really enjoy, uh-huh. it makes that experience a little bit more digestible and palatable for me. So That's I'm real like, stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. some psychology behind that. So uh, yeah, yeah. in that vein, 
M told me that you might have brought the gym jar with you today. And so, Jim Jar I just need the people to know, like, yeah, I know y'all been listening, but I need them to feel like what we feel when we tap into those those lives. Because, like, I, it's no exaggeration when I say, like, I be in there yelling at my phone, like, yes, literally, <laughs> <laughs> and we know she's not lying. I'm not lying. <laughs> I'll be in the comments. Y'all see me. I'll be like, yes, I see you all the time. I see you. I see you and Emma in the comments. We appreciate all the that time. right there. I'll be all up in them comments. I remember the first one. I remember the I remember the first Chipstones. I was giving Gavin a bath. That poor child was wrinkled. <laughs> oh my God. Little raisin baby. Let me, let me tell you how I almost forgot he was in. I'm on the phone like, woo, gee, I had, I done went to the next room. Laid across the bed, comment and listening. I was like, "Got mommy." I said, "Oh, I done left the in the bathtub." Them's <laughs> gonna be slapping. It's slapping, and then she's gonna invite me that. on the episode, and I'm having my live reactions of her gemstones I beside her. While we record, and I was like, Maya, I can't do all this at once. It's too heavy. That's what makes it great. The banter back and forth. <laughs> I mean, I have literally, I'm telling y'all, when I say, like, I actually listen, Greg, I was telling you, I the way I teach anxiety to my college students now is through the text message. Like, yeah. what, does anxiety, Man, listen. what does anxiety feel like? I'm like, okay, check it. When you're texting your, your boo, uh-huh. something important, and... You waiting on that response back, and you see them three dots. <laughs> that little feeling that you fill up in here—that's it. That's it. <laughs> that again see, for the you adults. Got me over here like this right now. Like, I feel that. Let me tell you. You need to say it again for the adults in the back, because it's not just the college kids. The adults in the back who be watching them dots. <laughs> Try to act like it doesn't impact them. I know they know right. they be sweating. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm, sweat, I'm sweating. No, Sid, I'm sweating. I'm about to come out of this shirt. I was real. watching three dots last Ooh. week. Like, I need to turn my phone over. Listen, Ooh. you just got to cut it off sometime. And then Maya, I was telling them earlier, like, it's just been a couple gemstones that are now like notes in my phone that I got to go. Mm-hmm. One in particular, Man. you were like, some doors are only meant to be open from the inside. I was mm. like, Throw the whole phone away. I mean, Listen. and it just comes so effortlessly. I mean, I know gems are in the jar, but your breakdown, your explanation. So I just, we got a few minutes left. I need like, I need, I need, look, I need a couple of gems. I'm ready to experience it. I haven't Any experienced it yet. The Listen, it's real. <laughs> it's it's real. Man, I appreciate that. And and you know what, what's so, what is, what brings me so much joy about doing that is the level of transparency people bring to the room, man. I mean, just Ooh. to see the learning and the sharing that's happening from people just putting it out there and, and sharing their experiences and not realizing that we're all so much more alike than we are different. It's mm-hmm. such a special moment mm-hmm. um, I agree. that I love. Same thing with Live with G, like just having people come in and just be so transparent with each other and just to see how we're so connected that is moving in itself as a facilitator. So it's just, it's, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to explain your experience here so well, because sitting beside Maya doing it live with her, I have those same reactions three feet away from her. It's crazy. It's like, and and, and this is just a compliment to the both of you from, I like to say I'm a baby therapist from one baby therapist to two that have been in the game for Gee, you got 10 years. My, I don't know how long you've been in it, but far, far longer than me. I, I'm at year three. 
So far longer than me, I'm a baby therapist. And from one baby therapist looking up at y'all, I'm just like, <sighs> like, I feel like a little sponge sometimes. I'm just like, oh, wow. And, but you know what to that though? And that's why I always tell people oh, wow. at the beginning of gemstones, like these gems are, many of them are from me. Some of them are from clients. Mm-hmm. Some of them are from mentors. Some of them are from, I mean, everyone's full of them, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's just the tapping into it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been awesome to do. And I really appreciate that. And just the, you know, the put you, you talked about collaboration earlier and to one of the benefits of working with your friend is the constant collab. And I'm looking at you all. I mean, the the joy in the collab is what, you know, is where the spark is and where the pushing is and where the magic happens. So I I appreciate that support on gemstones Mm -hmm. and live with G for sure. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Let's jump in. I'm excited. I'm say, but now we got to crack that like, lid. We're like, but, uh, we got to go like, ahead give and... Give me that dopamine, please. And I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like, we, 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 we didn't, we didn't teach up now. <laughs> right over like this. Uh, <laughs> no, but... So let me... let me. I, I kind of want to whip out a few here. Um, because I really like to... Uh, you know, I, I think it'd be helpful to be pertinent to the time. Um, and there's a couple here that I think we have kind of explored in gemstones. So what happens in gemstones is I have a, a, a jar full of gemstones. Sometimes I take them out. Sometimes we do two, maybe three, however the, you know, whatever the time allows. So we don't get to all of these gemstones. Um, but I think with what we've been talking about tonight, there's a couple that I have pulled out that I think are really important. And they also go to your question and your highlight earlier, Emily, about the root of what's happening now with seasonal affective disorder. We're in December, we're at the end of 2020. Somehow everybody thinks when the ball drops, we just going to be lifted from this. And maybe we will. You know, may- maybe we will. Maybe. I don't know. But I doubt it, but maybe. The, the way people are here with no masks on, we're going to be inside forever. Forever. So we just another- pull, the, pull the pertinent gems. We're going to need a- those. Look, that's we a whole other episode. But one of the ones that pulled out that I think is pertinent that I would love to connect, if you don't mind, we all think too much, seek too much, want too much, and forget about just being, Ooh. right? So we all think too much, seek too much, want too much, and just forget about being. I'm going to just log and- off now. Yeah, I, I, look, look, <laughs> this, this is me and Em in the comments. Like, I'm, I'm going to head out. Popping shirts like, oh, hell. This is, right. this is us in the comments. I think another culprit of this time has been the expectations we place on the holidays. Mm-hmm. And especially in a time and a space that has, I mean, it's unprecedented. No one's ever experienced this. Right. Mm. Think, we're, we're thinking too much about what it has been and what it's always been. We're seeking too much in terms of what we should be receiving at this time. And we're wanting too much. Right. We're getting caught up on, you know, things that may not be so beneficial to our diet, like social media. And we're seeing what everyone else has. And we all know that, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. And we forget about the fact that we're here in December. We've made it. Mm. Right. I mean, people have perished and things have changed and, and, and so much has happened. But at the end of the day, sometimes we completely forget that the fact that we're here in our own skin with our own spirit and good mind can be enough to build on and make something. Mm. of. Right. We don't have to be 
worried about reaching all of the, you know, this long Christmas list of gifts in order to make the holidays perfect. We don't need, at this point, we're even having to weigh in if we're going to see family members, mm. right? As if that's what makes the season and what makes the success of this year is that meeting. Um, and so one of the things that I talk a lot about with clients is the overall awareness that we have to have with just self and being and allowing that to be the starting point as opposed to looking outward for, for everything else. Right. Um, so I would love to hear y'all chime in on this. We all think too much, seek too much, want too much and forget about just being. I mean, well, I can absolutely relate to that with, you know, I'm an an artist and my whole industry has been shut down because of COVID. You know, I was in day four of rehearsal for a Broadway show and I had really just attached a lot of my self-worth to my accomplishments and my accolades. And so I found myself here sitting in this room feeling less than, feeling like I wasn't enough almost being ashamed and embarrassed when my friends and loved ones would say, what you been up to today? And they really meant nothing by it, but what you've been up to, like, did you watch a show? Did you whatever? But I had this level of anxiety. Like I don't have this list of things to say. I don't have these accomplishments. And so I'm not enough, you mm-hmm. know? And so I, God put me in a very, very uncomfortable, you know, position and situation where I had to sit with it. I had to allow silence to be my teacher. And that's why I did that dose today because it has been such a long journey of, you know, me forcing myself to just be present and the beauty and the things that have aligned and just gravitated towards me has been just brilliant and amazing Mm -hmm. and blessed and godly and all the things that it's supposed to be in my life. So I I get that, you know, even with the holidays, like Emily and I, for the first time ever, we did Thanksgiving together here in New York city um, because we both didn't go home. You know, we were COVID free and just decided to just spend that time together. And it was wonderful, Mm -hmm. you know, and usually I have to be home. I have to be in Raleigh. I got to be all these other things on anxiety. And I just wasn't, we were just there. And whatever happened, whoever came by, you know, whatever we cooked, whatever we didn't cook. And it's just been a really beautiful process. So it resonates with me so much. And I truly believe that that is the recipe to true peace and joy Mm -hmm. and love, self-love and alignment. I think that all of this. (laughs) It it took me a second to get off the floor when you read it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think all of what Danny said to be true. And then for me, what I think about in terms of like think, seek and want is how much we turn that in terms of like our own, like how much mm. we seek, think and want versus how much we're also thinking about others. Um, one thing that's mm. come up for me in this holiday season is connectedness and thinking about how am I connecting back to friends, family, like people who are very meaningful to me. Um, but I think by the way I was living life, I, to be to be frank, like pre-COVID, right? When you could, you could be anywhere, you could be mixing, you could be out, like you could be traveling, you could be in different countries. But now that you're forced to be still, mm. it almost made, for me, it's made me really take stock um, mm. in the people that are really important. And, and every week um, throughout, throughout COVID, I think actually starting maybe in like, like May or June, um, my dad's side of the family has had like a Christopher family call. And I was in North Carolina for the, for the bulk of, of quarantine until about August. And, you know, he'd be on the calls and I'm like, 
I can't sit on the phone with y'all all night. Mm. But then it turned into like, actually, I ain't got nothing else to do. <laughs> actually, I can. <laughs> like, and to be frank, and like, granted, like the call happens when it's Gavin's bedtime. So there's also like, I'm trying to get him together, you know, sometimes trying to also listen to gemstones while they trying to have a family call. But it turned into like, actually, this is really important to me to like spend mm-hmm. this time with these people. And so when I began to think about like, you know, just that that specific them gem of of thinking, seeking and wanting, like what I've realized is that what I've really wanted for a very long time is deeper relationships with my with my extended family. Mm. And by virtue of, of you know, my, my dad's from L.A., the family in Chicago, they met at Cornell. And so we lived in Jersey and then moved to the South. And so to be frank, I didn't meet my aunts. Like I had no older female extended family members until I was in my 20s. Like I, they, 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 they were fine. They were healthy. They were there. But like I didn't know what it meant to have an aunt because... Mm. My my mom's side, she has three brothers. She had br- all brothers, and so I knew what it meant to have an uncle, but I never knew as a young woman what it meant to have an aunt. Mm. And so for me, when I think about that specific gym, it's like what I've actually been wanting really deeply is those like elder female relationships. And COVID has essentially given me some of that gift. Where prior to, I think we were doing a lot of like, like because I could take more ownership over traveling, I'd be like, nope. I'm going to go to Cali and see them, or I'm going to go to Chicago and be part of this family thing. But when we created this Christopher family call, I was like, I'm going to do this. And, mm. you know, not every single Sunday, cause there's life happening. Um, but being intentional about like reaching out and connecting. And so mm. I think for many folks, like you have to be clear on like what you're actually seeking. Um, what is it that you want? And, and in this space and time of COVID, like, why do you seek and want those things? Because for some folks, mm. they're just out here trying to seek a Beyonce black drip pack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For other folks, and like more followers and more this and better TikTok content and all of that. For others, they've really used this time to like connect. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I encourage all of our listeners, like, what are you actually thinking, seeking and wanting? What are you filling your mind with? Because there's so much, especially virtually, out there right now. Because that's what everybody, that's all we have. To be yeah. frank, you can't really go nowhere. Unless you're that sliver of the population who'd be going to crazy parties amidst COVID and just super like spreader. super spreader events, which is still crazy to me. <laughs> super spreader. But, <laughs> you know, there's just like, like take this, like use this time. And I think I even said like at the beginning of, of this season, a lot of a lot of what I've been like really living into is, you know, I think COVID, it really has been time to like clean house. Yeah. You're spending time at home. And so not just like actually physically cleaning your space, but also like your emotional space. Like, are you really spending time with yourself cleaning house? And I think if we, if we spend more time doing that, we're going to have so many more healthy, happy adults. Yeah. And, and mm. to be frank, so many more healthy, happy children. Because you mm. got some people who are stuck at home in really toxic situations, can't go nowhere. Mm-hmm. They don't have school. They don't have work. Like you're stuck. That's and right. so when it's and when it's thinking, seeking, and wanting, like I charge everybody to think of like, what do you really want? And then is that good for you? And then how do you be intentional about going to get it? 
So, and that's it, right? It's not just the being. It's not just the thoughts and feel. Even Danny alluded to this. It's the awareness behind them, mm-hmm. right? What am I? What am I gathering from this? And, and I, I'm mm-hmm. sure Greg and you, maybe Sid, can attest to this. One of the things I've heard most often from clients in this season is like, Maya, I've, I've never spent this t- much time with myself. I've never mm-hmm. spent this much Ever. time with myself. And so even even though the gym says we forget about just being, sometimes I think we're not interested in just being. Right. It's a place mm-hmm. of discomfort. It's like, I don't I don't have time for that. And it's like, yo, you, you got to get comfortable at home first, baby girl. Mm-hmm. You can't spend time with yourself then you're not in good company. First Come time. on. So mm-hmm. like in addition to all that, I think for me, what sticks out in that gym is the just being part. It feels synonymous with acceptance. Mm. And sometimes acceptance can look or even feel like giving up instead of just like really just accepting things as they are. And I think that's why a lot of, a lot of clients, myself as, as a client included, kind of struggle with acceptance and commitment therapy because it's like, ah, oh, it causes you to I just like, mm-hmm. child, I loved it. I love to facilitate it, to be on the receiving end of acceptance and commitment therapy is hard. Mm. It, it feels like quitting sometimes. And you have to just accept really that, I, I, I like the, uh, I'm a big like analogy person. So the analogy of you having all these tools in your tool bag and you're in your book bag and you're, and you're in this like hole, you're in this hole and you're, all your tools are the same. They're a shovel. How's that shovel going to help you in the middle of this damn hole? It's not. Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. using your tools in your tool bag. And you're like, Oh, I'm meditating. I'm praying. I'm walking outside. I'm getting my, you know, you're doing all the things that you're trained and that you know to do to like keep your, your, yourself up. But it's just like, it's just not working. And now I'm, and now I'm tired. So now it's time for me to just be. Yeah. And stop trying to use all the tools in my tool bag, which are not helpful in this particular situation because I'm already in a hole and I'm using this shovel, which is just digging me further and further and tiring me out. So now I need to accept the fact that I'm here. And though it might suck, like I'm here, it's not changing. Mm-hmm. And so instead of, it's like quicksand, instead of resisting and thinking more, I should just be still and stop mm-hmm. fighting and just accept that things are that they are. And it's not quitting. It's not giving up. It's just coming to a place of saying like, yep, I'm here sitting in the middle of this damn dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. Radical acceptance. Radical mm-hmm. acceptance. Yeah. And I think, um, and I'll add to that. I'll add to that. I think um, I I like the term you said to my clients and as a client, Mm because transparently, I see a therapist as well. And I often try to practice and promote um, self-awareness. I think if we focus on the term of and the notion of just accepting and we are working on just being ourselves and just to be and to sit still and to be with one, that is not that helpful if you don't have the skill to self-assess and know where you are and what you need. Yes. And I think for me, I've learned through my therapist that I'm always searching for the next step. What's next? What's next? And I use these hand motions because in my mind, I'm moving this fast. Yeah. And I get a lot of things done, but I haven't really took a step back to see, okay, Greg, where are you? What have you accomplished? What do you need to work on? And how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. And when I'm on go all the time, that whole process is like completely non-existent. So always trying to teach myself and my clients, what does that feel like? What does that sound like? How are you feeling right now? What does 
what do you need right now? And having a full understanding of yourself and what you need and being able to constantly assess what your, what your needs are overall is the key to being able to sit and be with one. So. Yeah. It's, it's like when you, oh, I'm sorry. When you, no, no, no. Like when I, and I feel like all of us here tonight are like high functioning too. So it's like, yes, when you're high functioning and you already operate on 10 as your baseline, this is my baseline. <laughs> your baseline is 10 already, you know, like, just stopping everything and being like, let me just sit down somewhere. That's why people like us can't, we don't do well with mental health days because we're always like, mm, that's an opportunity for me to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, no girl, you're supposed to do nothing. You're supposed to sit down. But when you're high functioning, you just struggle with that so much. Yeah. And it, one of the gems that I received so much feedback from that, and you all have spoken to it, is if we do not actively make time for our wellness, we will be forced to make time for our illness. Oh, okay. And so it's a, it's a, it's a proactive situation. Full transparency. I took off this week from top to bottom. Mm, I'm not literally. touching nothing because for me too, it's a matter of, you know, being proactive about the, the, what my purpose provides. Mm. Right. And so I think when you talk about functioning at a high level, there's this intentionality. Emmy spoke to it. Danny spoke to it. Said everyone has spoken to the fact that I've got to be active with this. This week was pinning on my calendar for a good month. I spoke about with Emily about this recently because I know that if I don't do it, I'm going to be taken out and the cleanup of the illness is going to be so much worse than mm-hmm. the room and the space I have to make for the wellness. So it's like, just do it, just do it, shut it down, you know, and feel, even if it feels uncomfortable, know that this isn't just for you, it's for everybody else. You said the magic word, which is make time, not yeah. find time. <laughs> make time. You, won't find yeah. you won't find it. You won't find it. There will always be something else more pressing or a priority or more urgent. Like you, literally- It's a hamster wheel. You have to get on the front end of time, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you have to get in front of it because it'll stop you. And that's been the beauty of this time period. I mean, I think everything that's, anything that is beautiful is, is as equally challenging. So I definitely don't want to invalidate the challenges and, and the devastation that this time has brought. But right. I think it's been equally blessed because- it has allowed room for people to get on the front end of time in ways that they've never been able to do. They've Mm -hmm. never been able to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think about the moments where you're surrendering the most and the last name you call is God, because it's like, I I, I can't do nothing about this at this point, (laughs) Uh which isn't giving up. It's a method of, I must now relinquish control. Mm -hmm. And I think that you were like standing there in my bathroom this morning, as I had that very thought, like, why is it that after I've applied all that I know how to apply, then it's like, all right, God. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Girl is tired. Yeah. Like, all right. I quit. I give up. All right. Uh-huh. Here it is. That's like, like you got some shade prayer. Yes. Mm. Mm. I like to say this prayer for God to make up the difference. Like, before I perform, mm. I, I know that I've prepared. I've memorized my lines. I've warmed up. I've steamed. I didn't eat dairy. I didn't. I did all the things I need to do to to show up for that performance. But there's a lot of uncontrollables that can happen. A voice crack, a malfunction with my wardrobe, 
interaction with the castmates, so many different things. So I literally, that prayer is God make up the difference. And I have been using that now that I'm mm. not performing as much as I wake up, as I put my feet on my rug, like God make up the difference for everything that I'm lacking, whether it be writing this dose for our podcast, whether it be doing a self-tape audition, whether it be just being, you know, mm-hmm. make up the difference for all those things that I lack and all those things that I feel empty and that I'm trying to fill a void with, whether I'm trying to fill it with men, whether I'm filling it with staying busy, where I'm feeling it by being present on social media, whatever that void is that I'm looking to fill, make up that difference so that I don't even have to, that I don't mm-hmm. even think to mm-hmm. put myself out there in a space or position that is oh. going to take from me. Oh, I love that. And isn't that freeing in a it sense? Is. It is. I mean, it's it's like it, it can be both terrifying, but at the it also it's kind of like, okay, bet, bet, you go ahead and take over. <laughs> like there's a freeness <laughs> about saying, I've done what I can do here. That's yeah. it. I'm pulling because I want to get to the bottom of the door. I want to get deep. <laughs> I want to get to the, get the bottom. I'm of like, what haven't I pulled out in a while? <laughs> just be ready to pull in, me and Emmy off the floor. That's all I'm saying. Right. Hey, me too. Just, I might come off oh, camera. You just you know you know it's good for me when I start rocking. If you look at oh, my I always rock like this when it get good. When it get when good, it hits you. yeah, yeah. I've been I've been nervous when she put her hand out. I just start. It just triggers me. I'm looking for some. All right, I be in there like, oh Jesus, I'm about to be I'm about to be seen in this next one. Well, next look. One. look. Look, pump, pump me up. But this is a good one, I think. Oh, um, here we go. Look, you got to <laughs> lean in a little bit. You got to lean in a little bit. Because I think it speaks to the duality of this time, which I think has been a theme that we've all, um, we've all kind of touched on in this moment. So mm-hmm. I, I think this will, you know, allow us to be a little bit more transparent too. But it says you can, it's simply put, you can be struggling and becoming at the same time. I'm going to head out. Those is, that, is, that the, is that the SpongeBob? Is that the SpongeBob joint? He just gets out the chair and walks out the I feel like that is my whole existence right now, Maya. Listen. No, that's me right now. It's a accent. And I'm going I'm to I'm I'm do it again because it's a lot and rushing again. in right now. And come on. You can be struggling and becoming at the same time. Lord, I have just, and I feel like this is so important, man, because I always say this, and Gregor said it, I always say this, I say it with clients, I remind them of it, I remind myself of it, is that we have, I think the last uh, post on Amethyst Counseling was this, we have got to make room for both. I think mm. we have created societally this very dangerous illusion that we either have to be on the upswing or we really ain't shit. Mm. And that is so dangerous because... You know, it's like a phoenix, you know, there's, there's burning as we're rising, you know, Mm. things are dropping off as we're, you know, moving forward and it has to be that way. Right. It's, it's the same thing as kind of like when people at during this time, especially holiday time, and I'll point it out during the pandemic, I think there's this discomfort and this like itchy feeling with sitting still because it's like, well, this is not bringing me joy. When it's like, well, who said that you either have to be joyous or sad? Like, you can be sad and joyous at the same time. You can be uncomfortable and comfortable at the same time. Like, what would it mean for our progress if we made room for two opposing emotions as opposed Mm. to feeling like I either have to be feeling good or I have to be feeling not good? 
Mm-mm-mm. Right. I think it limits us. And I think it, it pulls us into this position of having to choose places that we're not supposed to be in. Right. So this idea that you can be struggling and becoming at the same time, I think it acknowledges the struggle that's contained in growth. I think it acknowledges the challenge that's contained in growing and and loss. I don't know how much I've struggled this week. I mean, I've had to sit with the feeling of being pulled towards work and what I'm not doing during my week off. My week off. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hold on, sister, sit with that and then let it go. Because yes, you're uncomfortable and you need this time. Mm. Well, it's this idea that we've arrived, you know, like as we were growing up, there's, we go to school to get the degree. And then when you get the degree, you go and you get a job and you're successful and you get the promotion and you have kids and you align yourself with a partner and just all this different shit. You know, and it's like, it's okay that you've arrived here, but you're also maybe lacking in this other part of your life. Maybe you're not thriving in the relationship aspect, but you're thriving, you know, as an artist, whatever it may Mm -hmm. be for you. But it's like this level of depression that comes with it that doesn't have to be there. It can just be the radical acceptance that you talked about earlier that I'm bomb over here. I ain't quite there yet, but it's a learning process and accepting that we're always going to continuously be learning about something. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And why are we so afraid to be in a position to continuously learn? Mm-hmm. Why do we feel like we have to have it all figured out? Who are we trying to prove it to? Mm. Mm. Good question. Mm. I mean, I ain't figured the answer out of my damn self. <laughs> <but> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. You know, work in progress here. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, so what am I supposed to do? No, I, I think that there's definitely... I'm over here confuzzled. Like, Listen, I'm well, still no, stuck. You know, I, I got myself up off the floor and I think that there's a lot of th- what this hit on for me is ego and pride. Mm. No one wants to talk about how they're struggling. They only want to, they, they want to post, they want to talk about, Man. they want to blog about, they want to write, like they want to promote the successes That's it. and not everyone always really owns and acknowledges what it took to get there. That's it. But what we also have happening is that a lot of people also, and this is just my personal perspective, but they over glorify mm. the struggle it took, right? To get that one scrap in Ooh. some situations where it's like, good. you actually need to know me because of my struggle. And so I think that, that is like a fine line to toe, to be mm. frank. Um, mm where how much of your success is because of your struggle versus how much of your success is because of your blessings. Mm. Because not mm. everything necessarily just came See, from... I'm like, now I'm ahead on out. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm ahead out. Because I, I, I truly believe, right, like, like what is for you is for you. That's it. And in so many ways, you know, you've aligned yourself or while, like through your struggle, you've progressed in certain ways but also do not discount the power of things that are beyond you mm-hmm. that have cr- opened those doors for you and created that space for you. Mm. And so, you know, I think that what a lot of people try to bypass, like they, they, they hit that struggle and then they capitalize on, but now I'm here versus really owning what happened in that struggle and acknowledging mm-hmm. how it changed you. Mm. I think some people take like, I struggled, but like, 
I didn't really change in the midst of that struggle. Like, you know, I, I ate that and now I'm here. But like, but actually, I'm sure that impacted you in ways that you may not really want to talk about because mm. that makes you vulnerable. Mm-mm. But I think that owning that struggle. Ooh. The strength connect- of that weakness. Yeah, like, like connecting that struggle back to <laughs> what you learned before you jumped to all your awards and accolades and promotions and all of that is really powerful. But a lot of folks, I think, sometimes jump a little too fast from like, I'm not what I've been through. Mm. But maybe <laughs> you need to get a little bit more of what you've been through because now you've raised yourself to this level. Oh, I like that. And it's almost like, we don't know you no more. Mm-hmm. And then and I think when they fall off, it's like they don't know what to do anymore. They don't know what uh-huh. I said because you, you raise so fast, you lose that support system, that network, those people who were there supporting you. Right? Like I've seen so many people become successful and then boo-boo the people who were there supporting them, letting mm-hmm. you sleep on their couch, letting you do these things that allowed you the space and time you needed mm. to get to where you wanted to go. And so, you know. To an extent, it's like a no struggle, no process, but also like that struggle you can't disconnect from mm. where you've gone to and pretend like now that's beneath me. Mm. And I think too, going back to what Danny said, like they've risen to this place where now, and that's what I love about our podcast. Let me just back up. is because it it's a platform where we can be like really honest uh-huh. about what it took to get to where we are and mm. honest about where we are and where we'd like to be. Like I, like that. I love that I can get on here and say like, this is the experience I've been through. This is what it taught me. This is where I am today. And here's where I'd like to be. I'm not finished growing through that yet. And I say growing through it because I'm not just going through it. Like I'm still growing as I'm experiencing mm. it. So but going back to what Danny said and connecting the t- your two thoughts, though, Em, is that like when they've gotten to this place of like, oh, I made it, when another area of their life falters, then it's like they don't know how to pick up the pieces to that because they've painted this picture to the rest of the world that it's all put together. So when that, when that puzzle piece don't fit no more, but this image is out there to the world like they all that in a bag of chips and got it going on, it's like, well, hell, what do I do with that? How do mm-hmm. I deal with that? How do I pick up the pieces in the area of my life that's not all the way picture perfect yet? Mm. So I really just urge people through this to like really just be authentic and really like mindset, embrace the becoming and embrace the struggle. And it's it's hard. It is hard. Yeah. Society teaches us to chase the success, chase the success, run it down, run right. it down. You know, to make a lot of money, to have a good job, to land the leading role, to be the best, whatever it is that you're aiming to be. And they don't really, there are light workers like us, but the majority of society doesn't focus on what you're learning through the struggle behind the scenes. We don't focus Mm. on sharing the struggle that it took to get there, to teach other people like, yeah, when you fall down, you can get up and brush yourself off and you might fall Mm. down again, two, three more times, but you can get up again and you're still the shit. In mm-hmm. and, and area. When you said that, Sid, it I think that's the power of jumping back to the original gem of being with the fact that we've associated it's like struggle can only be honored in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Right? When we're we're in the midst of struggle, it's a burden, it's uncomfortable. We want to get rid of it, right? We want to hide it. Yeah. We want to hide it, right? We don't even acknowledge it sometimes. We're embarrassed by it. Yeah, Greg, we mm-hmm. want to hide it. When it's like I, I 
my husband makes fun of me because when we've, we've been together so long. And so you, you grow up with a person and you see these things. And there's been moments where we've been in the midst of the struggle and he'll look and say, why are you not worried? And my response is like, this is the struggle. Like, do you know what this means? Like, this is, this is transforming us in ways we don't even see. Like, do you understand the supernatural, the supernatural honor of that? You know, and, and of course, you know, not everyone is going to have the, the awareness to look at struggle like that. And I certainly do not invite struggle into my life. But if it must arrive, mm-hmm. let me recognize it for what it is. This is a stepping stone. Mm. Without mm. it, I'm not going to be able to realize the visions Ooh. that I have for myself. And so if I'm going to be in it, we're going to be in it. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. got to flip it some kind of way because otherwise it's going to become a retroactive struggle. And by that, it now it becomes an award like y'all are talking, so to speak, as opposed to like a true testimony of experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I struggled. I got a badge. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, no, like, do you know what that struggle meant? That, mm-hmm. that was a blessing for you. Mm-hmm. Wow. And did you really take out of that struggle the lessons you were supposed to learn? Mm-hmm. Or is it just a badge? Like, yeah. Is the struggle just that to make you feel, you know, almost like invincible? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you made it through said struggle that now it's like, doesn't matter what, what comes against me, but it's like, did you actually learn from what that struggle was trying to teach you? Mm. Because there's always a lesson Listen. in the muck. Like there's always a lesson, but if you don't dig through it, if you don't, if you don't flesh it out, then you might miss that. So then what, what I see happening for a lot of folks is that what happens next is a, a similar struggle presents itself and you don't know how to respond. That's it. So instead of, instead of kind of codifying what got you through the first struggle and then being able to redeploy that and use it yep. to move yourself further, you end up trapped back in the first space. And in some situations for a lot of fo- folks, I've seen it, tri- it like it triggers childhood traumas, it triggers other things in your life where, you know, you go back to a state that you thought you grew from, but because you didn't actually take from the, didn't, t- didn't take the learnings mm-hmm. from the experience you had, you find yourself right back where you started. And, and it's like a cycle. I also feel like it's a missed opportunity as well. Like, I think that being quote unquote progressive Blacks, we are often looked at and held to this higher pedestal and people are, glor- and we glorified a lot, but in those accomplishments and those achievements, there is, we all know that there's constant struggle oh, and yeah. we tend to kind of hide it and shy away from it, but then want to present the end reward. And this is what I went through. And some people are like, I didn't even know you went through all of that, but mm-hmm. in hearing what you guys are saying now, it's like, why not push ourselves to be more honest and transparent in our struggle so that we can be a vessel to other people that are watching us through all of our accomplishments? Mm-hmm. That's, wow. That's really resonating with me. I was Some real stuff. Every, on every, on every like, le- life lesson that I can think of that I've worked through has always come on the other side of struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always, always being connected to the struggle. And so, like you said, Maya, like, you... It, I mean, exactly. We're not inviting like Jesus. Hear me clearly. I don't. I'm not saying I'm going through the struggle. Like, hear me clearly, God. But it's almost celebratory in a sense because you know 
that once you make it through it, like you're going to be so much better for it. You can just push through it. Like on the other side of the struggle is the victory, is the lesson learned. And not only that, it's that you can now take that gem and impart it into other people. Mm, and that's a right. true testament of what Emma's saying. Like, did you learn from it? Mm-hmm. And as a and as a teacher, Emma, I'm sure you can say, like, you know you have learned something when you can teach it to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know that you understand a concept when you can teach it to someone else. And so did you learn what you needed to learn from that struggle to now impart it? I hate when people give, like, this, like, shallow wisdom, right, of mm-hmm. something that they, like, read online or <laughs> have big struggle that they went through. And it's like, nah, bro, did you really – like mm-hmm. you're giving me this half-baked solution, but like, is it coming from a place of like your true understanding because you've been there or is it something that you read in a book? Mm. And, 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 and is it something that, you know, you can be struggling be- and becoming at the same time, which lends itself to the idea that there's this process of becoming. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, speaking of like a quote someone said, but like, I think it was Zora Neale Hurston who said there are years that ask questions and there are years that answer. Mm-hmm. So even the recognition that I don't have to always be as connected to what this struggle meant for me to benefit and become from it, but trust that it was a process that happened and the lesson may not show itself for some time, but am I still going to commit to experiencing and being in this struggle? Because that's a part of becoming. Good God. Radical acceptance, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Feeling right. red in this moment. Okay. Look, so I'm going to just... I don't know what this is. I can go all night here. I don't dissociate it. I'm, <laughs> I'm not even here. At, at, at Christian Cultural Center, this is normally the part where a random elderly woman of the church yells, <laughs> You preaching real good. <laughs> I just gotta that that right. Ooh, listen. It, it, look, it's, it's when listen. I when I told y'all when I told y'all the uh, thing about my husband. It's like, but when we in the struggles, I don't know what this struggle gonna lead to. But it's a good book. It's I don't know what this is gonna lead to. I don't know. But I, don't I know. I'd rather read this book. Mm. And that's the part that you can't focus on. You can't focus on where you think it's going to lead. You can't try to anticipate Mm. those things. You literally just have to be in it. And that's why I think it's important to chase peace and not happiness because happiness is fleeting. You know, there's Mm. like right now I can be happy because someone came to me. I can be happy because I'm on this call with you guys. But the minute that those things stop, where is uh-huh. my happiness? Is it, you know, Oof. contingent on these moments that we have with each other? So if I'm chasing peace, I understand that in this moment, it might not last, but I'm enjoying it. I'm falling in love mm. and I'm present with that, the rose that I just smelled. I'm present with the walk that I went in. I'm present on just existing and becoming and in the struggle, all of those things. Um, Come on now. Yeah, for those li- our listeners, maybe let's try to redefine what it is that we are chasing. Are we chasing mm-hmm. happiness? Are we chasing sweet peace and sweet joy that lasts a lifetime, you know, that equips us with the right tools to handle the next situation that's going to come? Because if we're honest with ourselves, it's always going to be some shit. Like, always. it's always going to be always. something that comes up. You know, it's never going to just be bingo. Like, we're never going to be that way. Um, so that's, again, the radical acceptance has been one of my favorite parts of the things you've said today, Maya. Just radically accepting your truth mm-hmm. and not being ashamed of those things. And being transparent about it and allowing yourself to be a vessel for other people. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the challenge in it. 
living your life in service of others. If like that's the, at the end of the day, that's truly the what I think is the core of human essence. Like, yeah, people people forget, you know, like all the things you did for them, but they never forget mm-hmm. how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you leverage that to then create a life of worth and and create a life of meaning um, and connect with folks because. You know, the greatest thing you can have really is human connection. If you're too focused on the money, too focused on fame, like notoriety, like that's not going to get you anywhere. Um, man, I just. Wow. I have died and been resurrected about four times in this conversation. <laughs> if we don't pivot the rapid fire, we will like. I'm going to go back. My hand is just reaching into the gym <laughs> And look, I'm always, I'm always accepting gem, gemstones. People send gems in the DMs. People send, uh-huh. you know, send gems. They Everybody's do. a walking gem. <laughs> they send, do. They send do. gems now. Y'all better send <laughs> gems because. To the live. Like, this was just a little, a little sip of the cup. That is overflowing from Amethyst County. Hey. I'm trying to tell y'all, this is just a little. Y'all need to get on. Y'all need to get on wet, your, wet your tongue a little bit. You just deck your palate a little bit. Y'all need to get on the live and get this full hours worth of goodness. And I promise you, you will be all the better for it. You're gonna mm. walk away. I'm telling you, if you're anything like me, you're gonna have, walk away with notes in the phone, things mm. that you can like back on. I, I'm a big like. I will write something down in a heartbeat so that I can go back and be like, you know what? Today is one of them days where I just need to dig into that that mm-hmm. toolkit I got and find me a tool that's going to help. Mm-hmm. I love it. And and most importantly for Sid, you walk away with a fully folded load of cl- of clothes. Hello. So you know, listen, get your couple errands done. And pay your family <laughs> to bring it back to talk shit about you folding clothes. That's fine. <laughs> let me tell you, it's some psychology behind that. It is. That's no, it's true. It's it true. Is true. Because I, I always wash dishes on the phone with my mom. Oh, yeah. It's a thing. I'm like, yep. it's a thing. I don't know what that is, <laughs> but it's a thing. Yep, yep, yep. Man, so, all right. So we generally close out every long episode with some rapid fire. And so rules of engagement is that especially it's the tonight, first, right? <laughs> especially tonight, it's the first Uh-oh. thing that pops into your head. Shoo. You don't Are have sure y'all want me to do. Oh, I'm like, yep. I feel like I'm on a yes. game. No explanation. Yes, no explanation. Oh no, and, about say, and you owe us no explanation. So no, you don't have nothing. to be like, oh. you don't have to be like, it's this because. Nah, just, <laughs> just, just give us the answer. You do not have to qualify it. Just mm. give us what comes top of mind for you. So, first one, you know, we got some therapists on the line. Um, and we all love free things. What is your go-to free self-care? What do you do for yourself? <laughs> Y'all like, man, I spend money on everything. I'm like, I wanted to hear it. It's time no, go to, go to free self-care? Walking. Mm. Uh, food. Mm, that's a good one. I love a good plate. Okay. I love a good plate. So this is the season of gift giving. What is your favorite type of gift to receive? Money. Hello. <laughs> Greg said, yes, this is it. <laughs> I'm trying to go with my first thought. That's it. It's your first thought. I like this. 
gift card. Mm. Also money, electronically. Not electronic money. <laughs> I'm over here okay. like, requested gift card. <laughs> money. <laughs> All right. Hold, what on, is hold, your... on, hold on, Bonus question. Gift card to where, Maya? Oh. Home type things. Home goods. Come on, home goods. Home, Come anything. on, TJ Maxx. <laughs> anything I can get candles. Anything for the home. Okay. Yeah, you are looking like a little chipping Joanna back there. With that ship lap. <laughs> that ship lap. And that and that reef. <laughs> a reef. A year round reef. <laughs> all right, all right. What is your favorite type of gift to give? Clothes. Gift basket. I love how y'all did not want to give money. That's fine. No one's <laughs> judging. It's okay. <laughs> so, so this next one is a quick little holiday showdown. You guys are our last formal guests before we begin to wrap this up. So we're going to holiday themes before Christmas. Hot cocoa or apple cider? Hot cocoa. Hot cocoa. All right. Me, I'm a little apple cider with a little rum in it, but I hear y'all. Fried turkey or baked turkey? Fried turkey. Fried. Smart, smart people. Smart people. Smart, smart, smart. Andy's mints or peppermints or candy canes? Like peppermints slash candy canes. Yeah, Andy's we'll mints. Andy's. Yeah. yeah. Olive Garden used to be slapping for those. What? Handfuls. <laughs> all right, all right. Y'all so black. We grow now. Found a piece of candy in your coat pocket from last year. <laughs> that, is that is disgusting. I found a Miss Werther's in my coat pocket. Ooh, and I ate it. The, the, the caramel lasts now. No, that'll yeah. last. A Werther's will last. Yeah, no, caramel will last. I debated. All right. Like, mm. So it's Christmas around here. Real tree or fake tree? Fake Real. tree. Mmm. Have fun sleeping with those pine needles, Greg. Not doing that. <laughs> I need those are a bitch. Good luck with that. You gonna find them joints at Easter. Okay. <laughs> Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas" or the Temptations. Temptations. Get my mind. Come on now. Get my Temptations. Get my mind. All right, all right, and I think I I I know where this one's about to go. Physical gifts or gift cards? Gift cards. Gift cards. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. You can't even deliver to nobody. Send me the gift cards. Yeah. Electronic. Send me a gift card. That's real. This has been, dare I say it, magical um, to have you two yeah. on here to not just talk about your own experience. Because to be frank, we also really wanted to highlight the fact that you are Black entrepreneurs creating a space for yourselves and for what you're passionate about. Um, but also talking about real issues, like people are going through it right now. We really hope that this dose gives them a little, even if it's a little bit of levity. And so we, we thank you. We send you all of the blessings heading into this holiday season, wishing you health and safety and just, it's a crazy time right now. You know, my, you down there in the sticks in North Carolina. So I, I'm pretty sure your county went Republican, so be safe. Yeah. Um, this is a, a crazy time we're living in, but it is so great to have these edifying and just really heartwarming conversations um, mm-hmm. with so many great, amazing, 
black men and women. And so mm-hmm. we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. We wish Very you true. and Amethyst Counseling nothing but the best. Success. I, I, I see, I see what you are building and cannot wait to promote mm. it, support it, see it come to pass because that is what's forthcoming. So claiming the nationwide wanna... network for you. Thank it's you so coming. much. Claiming it. It's coming. Yes. It's coming. It's coming. We're it's coming. We're going to have you back for a second round of magic. We need a part two now. I'm loving the dopamine. I, but seriously, Queens, this this is awesome. Like, mm-hmm. just the unity, the collaboration, the transparency, the platform, the content. Like, thank you. I am so honored that you all invited us, that we could connect. Mm-hmm. I hope this is not the last connection with Amethyst and Daily Dose. Yeah. Um, I love y'all for this. Like, thank I you do, so I much. Do. This is, it's really, it really is beautiful. It's magical. Seriously. Thank I want to add, like, real yeah. quick, I know we're tired, but um, I, I always just love Raleigh. Raleigh's just so deep in all of our hearts, and we all know that. When you're in Raleigh, New York, it hey. don't matter where you are, it's always Raleigh. And the one thing I love about my city is that the spirit of the people is just so pure. <laughs> and one thing I love about this episode tonight was is successful Black people from Raleigh that are very, very hardworking, smart, funny, witty, mm. like just uh, the whole vibe here was pure. And that's the vibe that we always give when we home, like it's deep in our blood. And for the listeners to be able to take part in how we live our everyday lives yeah. is just a blessing. And I'm so glad that the vibe was able to be picked up in this episode tonight because we felt it. It was yes. about an hour ago, but that Raleigh vibe was here. And it's just a it blessing. Was here. It's part the gift that keeps on giving. It keeps on yeah. giving no matter where we go. Like it's Raleigh. Love it. So and if you're not from Raleigh. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was amazing. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and if you're not from Raleigh, it's okay. You it's know, okay. hopefully at some point in your life, you make some friends from Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we already have them, but we everywhere. But you I know, hope you cool. do. I hope you do. Yeah. I mean, there are some pockets that are a little okay. questionable, but for the most part, we, we there's some fire people coming it out is. of Raleigh, out of the state of North Carolina. And to be frank, you know, I encourage everybody, like, stay connected. This is the season to really stay Always. connected. Ooh, you know, yeah. find those people that will edify you, that will fill your cup. Because even when things are super, super dark, because it surely does get dark by 5 p.m. these days, and it stays <laughs> dark. Dials. What? Right. 4.59, can't find nobody's son. In this time, like... If I say, I was, I was literally about to say, find a happy light, whether it is a FaceTime with somebody whether it is just an email, a text, you know, an Instagram scroll to your favorite page, find that happy light because this is, you know, we're going through some very interesting times right now. Um, Mm -hmm. And we need each and every person to help us to get through this space. So I appreciate y'all. This was the highlight of my week right here. Yes. This was, this was fine. (laughs) We appreciate y'all. We definitely going to have y'all back for season two. Make sure we pick the right type of content. Yeah, and, and likely it'll be like a longer gemstone. So warm that jar up. I know the jar is about to be mad refills. Warm, warm that jar up so we can do a good one. Maybe you know, maybe a little Valentine's Day relationship type vibe. I don't know. Just they are already triggered, like Lord. Triggers ain't shit out here, so I need some gems. 
Gotcha. I'm down. Just let us know. Let us Thank know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to follow you guys on IG right now. Yes. Thank okay. you so much. Love y'all. Love you too. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to your daily dose of dopamine. This is Emily, Danny, and Sid. And once again, we love your feedback. So feel free to rate, review, subscribe, and make sure you share with a friend who's going to share with a friend who's going to share with a friend. All right. Talk to you soon.